Live this morning. I uh, I was thinking as we were singing this song, um, we we kind of uh, in emphasizing generosity this morning, and I was thinking as we were singing the song, you know, to to lift up these these gates and these ancient doors that like God has called us, um, He's called us to be gates of cities. Like He's called us to be those through which His resources flow through so that it can be a benefit to others. And so just even as we were singing that, I was just praying that God would make us, He would make us gatekeepers for just heavenly resources and mercy and grace and and a recognition that what He has given us, um, He's given us so that we can enrich others. Um, I love that song. It's one of my favorite. I don't know why I like it. It's just... I just I love that song, um, but I want to show you some some pictures real quick. Um, so, this is a picture of a cardinal's nest. And how many of you have ever watched a bird build a nest? Have you ever just stopped to watch a bird build a nest? It's one of the most fascinating, cool, beautiful things to see. And if you see the little birds, they will go up and they'll just like move, you know. Chickens, like we, okay, I don't know why my brain went to this, but we had chickens for a while, and chickens are kind of, they're dumb animals, to be honest. Like, they, they you know, like, I don't know, um, I just noticed there's a couple people in the waiting room, maybe if you can just admit a couple of those people on the Zoom. But um, chickens are dumb animals. Anything, like they're at the bottom of the, of the hierarchy, and basically everything is their predator and they have no way to defend themselves. But when you watch them, I like watching chickens because they're so dumb. But when you watch birds in the way, like other birds, I guess, that, that live in the wild, they, they look so intelligent, especially when they're building their nests. It's like they go and they're like searching around, looking for a twig, and they're like, no, that one's not good enough. That one's not good. Oh, this is, this is the perfect one. And if you watch it, it's very meticulous the way that they gather. And it's, it's just fun. So cardinals, they build their nest, as you can see. They build their nest with various different kinds of twigs and sticks. And they actually have four different layers that make it go from like really like structured to really soft for, the, for those babies. And you, I, you might want to know that the men, the male birds do actually help build the nests, although very little. And they might gather a few little items, and then the, the the mother bird will then take her beak, which is really cool. I was watching, I don't know, I was watching videos on this. They they will take their beak and they'll break the sticks and mold them into these just perfectly crafted things. I mean, I think it's something like we just like see in nature and we forget about, but it's incredible. Like that's a that's kind of a piece of art. And so this is Cardinal's Nest. Go to the next one. How many of you have ever been to a place where you've seen eagles? Like, they are in- incredible creatures. And their nests, they start with huge sticks. In fact, some of the ones they gather on the ground, but some of the ones, they, these animals are strong enough that they will take branches that aren't even broken, and they will, they will snap them off with their beak, just like by twisting their neck. And they will they'll, they'll build a nest that is oftentimes many feet in diameter. And once again, they kind of do this thing where they, they, it gets you know, smaller and smaller, but it's really 
it's really unique how they build their nest. So the last one I want to uh, show you is the hummingbird nest. I know, everybody say, aw, it, it's sweet. And hummingbirds, they don't use sticks. They're, they're little, they use the tiniest little like pieces of grass and little like, you know, anything you can find that's just like these little small. And one of the things, I was watching this, one of the most incredible things about hummingbirds is that they actually find the, they go steal the silk from a spider's web and they weave all of the things that they build this with, with spider silk. Like they sit, they sit with their beak, they just slowly weave it in to be able to hold the entire thing together. And I think um, oftentimes, you, thank you, thank you for indulging me in my weekly nature, uh, my weekly nature prompt, but I think oftentimes, do what? I know, right? Like, I just enjoy it. Um, but, <laughs> a song for that? No, I don't know. <laughs> All right. But, I think oftentimes, I don't know if you feel this, when I'm building my life, when I'm putting together, I, I'm like a bird that's like curating and collecting and forming all these different elements that I think will create the perfect environment for myself, for my kids. It's like finding the friends and church and the work and the and the you know the right school and the but the perfect prayer life, the perfect Bible reading time, the perfect uh, whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you feel like you're you're like continually collecting and forming and creating, and it's like you're in this ongoing. I've got to have the perfect habitat for my life. Um, I I feel like I'm doing this all the time. I'm like, is this going to be a fit? Is this going to be a fit? Is this going to be a fit? And yet Jesus says in Matthew eight eighteen through twenty two, he says, when Jesus saw the crowd. He gave orders to cross over to the other side of the lake. Then the teacher of the law came and said, Teacher, I will follow wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now, I always found that scripture to be rather offensive. Like, can you imagine Jesus saying to a person like, oh, your father's just died. Yeah, don't worry about it. Come on with me. And obviously what Jesus is saying here to those that are listening is literally, if you want to follow me, like, I don't have a house, so you're going to have to be like a little bit of a nomad, homeless person, and you're going to have to come follow me. So that's obviously what he's saying in context. But I think what he's saying that echoes to us today that still rings true to the Scripture is that following Jesus is not always a comfort. But sometimes a disruption. I heard Shane Claiborne say that the Gospel, the true Gospel, comforts the disturbed 
and disturbs the comfortable. And I think that God is often looking not to take us on a journey of predictability where we get to curate all the perfect little twigs that fit in our life, but He's often looking to take us on a journey of trust. You see, I sometimes come under this illusion, and maybe you come under this illusion, that I am building a particular kind of life for God. Like, I'm building a particular specific life for God, and it's going to be really well put together. Like, I'm, like it's going to be like that perfect little hummingbird's nest. But God has not asked us to build a life for Him. He's asked us to build a life upon Him. And building your life for God is very different than building your life on God. And I think we, we often make big emphasis on God establishing our plans and less emphasis on Him blowing up our plans. How many of you has God has ever blown up a plan that you had? <laughs> a lot of people are like extra raising their hand. You know, I think very often, how many of you actually have these moments, and actually I have these moments, in, in, but you have these moments often where you're doing something in your work or you're, parenting or your life, something that you're really invested into. And you see these little supernatural occurrences of God speaking. And he's like, like, hey, like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. How many of you have these like little, little, like, I, I, I feel like uh, I was chatting with this guy this week uh, in a business meeting and uh, he's not, not a believer and he called them synchronicities. And I was really encouraging him to, to, uh, think through the possibility that there might be something that's beyond just like luck or whatever you want to call it, the synchronicity that, that, was, that was wooing him to see that he was on this path. And, but how many of you know what I'm talking about? You have these little tiny moments, and I've had several of those this week where it was just like, like big blinking light, like God, you're, you're here, you're working and I think that all too often, what I do, and maybe you do this, is every time I sense God speaking within something that I'm working on, or within something, I'm, I'm looking to interpret that as His affirmation of what I'm doing. I'm looking to interpret that, that somehow it means I'm going to be awesomely successful in this thing I'm putting all of my energy into. Right? How many of you... How many of you interpret life through this lens of data that's trying to figure out if you're going down the path that's all of your hopes and dreams or whether you're not. And I want us to realize that that was the religion of, of the pagans. Do you know what the, you know the pagans, what they would do is that they would interpret omens and signs and occurrences as indications that either they were favored by the gods or favored by whatever it was, or they were unfavored. Like this is either, you know, you're either on something that's about to work out really great, or you're on something that's not about to work out. 
And when they would go and they would worship and they would give sacrifices in their temples, it would be to you know, make those sacrifices so that things would be successful or, or well done. Or they, it's like they would, they would be investing in luck being on their side. And I think that we do this oftentimes with God is that all He's wanting to do is say, hey, I'm near I'm with you. And we're, we're always curating, collecting, thinking that we're building the perfect life for God. Thinking that like, what He's trying to do is show us that, hey, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be successful. It's going to be awesome. But God isn't asking us to be put together. He's asking us to be poured out. He's not asking us to be people who have everything figured out, every weakness honed, every, everything formed, everything figured out, every you know, perfect plan. He's asking us to be people of, of brokenness. He's asking us like Jesus spoke to the one who was ready to follow Him. He's asking us to be, become weak, not to become strong. Now Andrew and I were talking about something this week that we feel like God might be, might be leading us into that would require more, um, more growth in our generosity. We'll lay, leave it at that. How many of you ever get to things where you're like, I just need a little more growth in my, in my love. <laughs> my love's got to expand a little bit. And so we were, we were talking through this thing and, and this is something that would require more time of us and different, different things. And so we were, we were like, all right, well, it's going to, you know, this is how it's going to work into our schedule. It's going to fit this way. It's going to, like, you know, this can work out. With our, we, we, we were thinking about our work. How does it not affect our work? How does it not affect our kids? How does it not? And, and we got to the point where we, we, were, we were trying to figure out how does this generosity fit into our lives? How does it fit? and form into our lives, the schedule, the work, the kids, and so on. And I realized somewhere about all the way through the conversation, <laughs> something that I failed to realize many times, that God wasn't, I wasn't missing the point. He wasn't trying for me to fit some generosity in. He's inviting me to change. He's inviting part of me to die. I love one of the, probably the second verse that my papal quoted. I've shared the other one many times, but often he's in Proverbs 16, 9. I guess he said it in the King James, so that's all I got. But King James is good enough for Paul. It's good enough for me. But um, he said a man devises his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. That's Proverbs 16.9. I think oftentimes we're praying for God to establish our life like the bird nest. And He's wanting to dis disrupt our lives. And so this may just bother you, but what I felt like, maybe call it prophetic, but I felt like the Lord wanted me to pray for, for our church, for our church community, is that God would bring disruptive events into our lives. That He would bring a spirit of disruption into our places of complacency and comfort. 
How many of you will pray that prayer with me? Borderline. <laughs> but here's, here's, here's the key. This, this is what I want to mention, just talk about for a few moments. Is that I believe that the, one of the most critical keys that God often uses for disruption is radical genera- generosity. He, he, like whether it's you being on the receiving end or you being on the giving end, one of the things that just like alters the course of our life more than anything is radical generosity. Now, when we think about generosity, we have to think about the resources we have been given, like you know our homes and our and our time and our money and our passion. I mean, you know, like even passion is a is a type of resource. Like it's like to give your emotional energy to something is is a type of resource. Um, but but I think all times, just like Israel, we we often idolize the resources that God gives us. And there's two ways that Scripture. Like I thought about just listing all these out in Scripture, but I just it would take too much time. But there's two ways that Scripture really highlights us idolizing our resources. First, is that we idolize them for enjoyment, pleasure, indulgence, whatever that looks like. Um, and what happens is, when in this category, and you, you can see many, many stories in Scripture through, on this, is that we buy into the lie that God doesn't want us to enjoy things. It's kind of paradoxical because like, we, we idolize our resources, whether it's our money or our home or my time. Like, man, I don't want to give you my time. I want to sit at home and play Mario Kart. I don't know. That's, that's what I've been, amen. Yes, I've been playing Mario Kart with my kids lately. But like, we, want, we often idolize our time because we feel like, man, we've got to, we've, you know, we, I want to have this enjoyment. Um, but you realize that God, like I love my middle child, obviously named Eden, which means pleasure or delight. I love that God's entire story starts in the land of delight. Like starts in the land of pleasure. Like God created us to enjoy, to be full of pleasure. And when we, and when we idolize resources, we're saying to God, like, I don't trust you to actually be my delight. As we sang earlier. So that's the first way. But I'm going to tell you the second way that I think is the most often talked about in Scripture and the hardest for us to see in our own lives. The second way is that we idolize our security. We idolize resources for our security. This is the one that hits me the most, I would say personally. is Jesus tells a story about a rich man who has a great harvest. He he tears down his smaller barns and he says, I'm going to build some bigger barns. Like, I got a barn, but I'm going to build some bigger barns. And when I build my bigger barns, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I've got plenty. Nobody can harm me. I have built a sufficient moat of grain around my life. Nothing's going to, nothing's going to get me. I can lay up and be relaxed. And and so he, has, he, he feels like nothing can affect him. It's really easy for us as Christians to like, you know, you know see the person driving the, the Bugatti down the road and go like, man, that just overindulgent, you know, like. But it's often very difficult 
for us to realize where we idolize resources to our security. It's easy to hide behind, um, you know, like, well, I was, you know, I'm careful and cautious and, and I'm, you know, it's easy to hide behind those things and realize that we depend on our resources, our time, our money, whatever it is, we depend on those things to preserve us a lot of times. And I think when, when you look at it, there's a lot more scriptural rebuke of idolizing resources for security than for indulgence. Somebody want to challenge me on that? That's fine. Um, but God has not asked us to use the resources He's given us to build a moat around our castle to protect us from all the... My kids love talking about moats for some reason. I mean, they're like, we should build a moat around our house. Like, uh, it's not happening. Um, but, you know, like, it's not about building a moat around our castle to keep all the bad guys out. God, God uses, asks us to use our resources like a river that flow from us and through us and to others. You see, a moat contains and protects, but a river receives and gives. A river receives and gives. It's, it's often very difficult for us to, to evaluate how we are idolizing our resources for security. Um, and so here's God's great gift. Here's what He does for us. Like He did with, with the man who was un, not ready to, to follow Him. He needed to bury His father. God gives us this opportunity to become... He, he gives us the opportunity to step out of comfort by becoming radical, radically generous. I think there are always, there are often times in our life these disruptions that give us the possibility to step in to radical generosity. And it's, 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 not, it's not to, like the bird, it's not to have one other little item on your, on your list of things that you've done to build your life perfectly for God. It's actually to break down your defenses. It's actually to disrupt your comforts. And so that we can trust in Him. But so we, ha we often have this heroic notion of generosity when in reality, generosity is not about us being heroes. It's not about us having one more item to the list that we can put on our God list. But it's about us connecting with our lack and our weakness and our inability. To the degree that generosity costs you, it will change you. And when generosity doesn't cost us, it doesn't change us. And so I, I uh, we, we talked about bringing generosity back at the front. At the beginning of this year, we, we made a point that this year we wanted to be a year where we emphasize generosity. And so as a staff, we've been praying about the summer. And we are we are sort of like leaning into in the fall, you'll start to see different things that will, that will come out that will be involved with us. We are planning a fall 
to expose our hearts to radical, disruptive generosity, not so that we can build our lives a better, little bit better for Jesus, but so that we can be disrupted and broken before Him. So that we can be connected in trust with Him. And so I'm just, uh, I'm just praying, one of my prayers, and so I want to ask you to be in prayer with, with me on this, is that we're praying that God would expose us and that He would deepen us for radical generosity, disruptive generosity, the kind of life that when Jesus comes and says, you know, foxes have holes and birds have nests, um, but the Son of Man has no place to lay His head, that we're willing to follow Him into that place outside of our comfort zone. And so I just want, I, I don't know, I, I don't really have like a big, uh, great sermon ending for this. I want to invite us to stand and we're going to pray. We're going to take the elements here in a minute. But I want us to pray that into two things. That God would use, um, He would use this time, in the fall especially, to bring disruption that we might trust in Him. That's the first thing we're praying for. And that He would do that through radical generosity. And so I'm going to lead us. If anybody has something that you would like to lean in, I, when we pray for things. I want to involve as many people as possible. So if anybody has something that you want to, you know, lean into this in prayer, I'm going to leave the mic down when I get done praying. And we can just popcorn, come up and pray, pray into this. So God, I just pray that in this time that you would lead us into deeper disruption of the uh, things that we put our trust in, the resources that we put our hope in, that we put our defenses in, and that you would allow us to trust more deeply in you. That you would allow us to follow you wholeheartedly. That as you come to us, that we will be willing to be those who, who will let the dead bury the dead and we will follow you. God, I pray that you would expose our hearts to opportunities of radical generosity, of disruptive generosity, of the kinds of things that cause us to get out of our comfort zone into a place of sacrifice that would radically change us. Lord, I pray that You would open our hearts to be disrupted. That You would open our hearts to the hurting and the poor and the least of these, and those around us that need our love and our generosity. And so God, I just, I just speak that and pray that in Jesus' name. If you could just kind of just stay in a moment of prayer with me. God, I pray that you would bring those disruptions into our life and that you would bring the people into our life that would be disruptive, that you'd bring the people into our life that would require something more of us, that would require us to sacrifice even in uncomfortable ways and give us the opportunity to lay our lives down. God, give us wisdom of how to help people. 
Let our eyes be opened and let our schedules be the servant of our spirits. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your radical generosity that you pour out on us every single day. For your endless grace that we are all drowning in. <laughs> Lord, I want to pray that every day you would remind me and all of us that this is not our home. That the nest that we've made and the fox's holes that we live in are only temporary. And that we don't have a place here to lay our head as we are your children and our home is with you in heaven, behind those ancient doors that we sang about earlier. God, I pray that that would drive us and remind us every day not to hold on to these things too, too tightly and to be radically generous with our, our gifts that you have given us, the nests that you have given us to live in for now, that we would remember that it's only temporary and that maybe that would drive us to be more generous and to be nomads for you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, God, that you are the provider in my life for each of us. But I ask that you would help my unbelief. That you would help me cling more closely to who you are. In your nature as a provider and lean less into the world. God, I ask that you would help me to learn the lesson. That when I have more than enough. That it's not for one, but that it's for many. I thank you for the grace of more than enough that you've poured in my life and the lives of my family. And I ask that you would help us to be more generous and that we would not stand with eyes seeing that we had access, God, but that we would stand seeing that we had provision in Jesus' name. God, I, help, I pray that you would um, help us to be creative givers, that the boundaries that we normally put around the idea of generosity would be broken open, um, and that you would give us eyes to see need as you see it, and just creative ways to meet that need. And even beyond need, God, that we would just show love, and that it would be received as love when we are generous, um, even just beyond need, but um, just above and beyond that, God. So yeah. I just pray for creative generosity. I love what you said, Tiffany, because it requires intentionality. And I think that's, that's one thing that I want to lean into. When I you know, living in Dallas I would see 
homeless people often. And but I never really was generous with them until <clears throat> until my brother went to live on the streets. <clears throat> and then there was even a greater degree once my brother died. And I think one of the things that keeps us from being generous is the intentionality, but it's also seeing a division between us and others. Um, and when that degree of separation lessens, when that wall between us and the person who's disrupted our lives and with some need, and we see that opportunity for generosity, <coughs> we can sometimes stop short because we don't realize how connected we are to that person. And so, Lord, I pray that the veil between, the, the veil that causes us to not see the intimate connection between us and the stranger, between us and our neighbor, between us and our brother, our sister. I pray that that veil would be torn away and that we would see just how connected we are to the people around us. And so now it's no longer giving from a place of, I don't know, just that it would purify our motives. That it would purify our motives. And just like we pray in our midday prayer on Zoom, that we would see your face in the face of the stranger. That we would see your face in the face of the outcast, the needy, even in our neighbor, our brother and sister in Christ, that we would see your face in them. In Jesus' name. Yeah, I'm going to have us come to the table, but let's just pray this little simple prayer. Just pray this after me. Say, Lord, lead me into disruptive generosity. Amen. You can come to the table and we'll come back to our seats and receive together.
when we when we think upon uh, the life of Jesus, Jesus' death and resurrection, we obviously have the the picture and the example of the most ultimate generosity. And so when we receive Jesus, when we receive his nourishment and and this bread and this juice, it's it's him nourishing us. When we receive this, we're brought into the reminder of the fact that when we receive him, we receive this life. Like, imagine Jesus saying to you today that exact thing like hey foxes have holes birds have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head when we receive this today we receive that which is the life of jesus and so so you know the the table for me is like many 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 different messages i feel like i can as we do we take this every week there's always a new message in it Sometimes it's a message of comfort. Sometimes it's a message of healing. It is that which, that, that which binds and brings us together. But sometimes this is a message of a challenge. And so I feel like as we take it, that we take the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus is in us is that which binds us and breaks us. And so as we, as we receive this today, I want us to be just kind of in a state, a contemplative state of just prayer. And I'm going to pray over it, but ask you to receive as you feel comfortable. Um, I want us to be mindful of, of that side of the message of Christ that, yes, it comforts and heals, but that which, that which breaks us and reminds us of our call to live out this generous life in Him. And so, Lord, I uh, lift this bread and this juice and we bless it, we all bless this, and we say thank you that, that you are holy, and that as we receive this, um, this is a holy time. I pray that you would bring us just into a state of being aware of the call that you have for us. And so we bless this time. You, you may receive whenever, you, whenever you're ready. thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus. Amen. I'm also thankful that Chris is here with us today out of the hospital. <laughs> we've, we've been praying for you, Chris, and we're just, it's such a, such a big blessing to just see you here running the, running the stuff week one, too. So we love you. And, um, yeah, man, just 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 happy to see your face. 
Uh, we've got one more thing that we're going to do. I, n- I don't know what time it is. It might be, may have been a little bit long today, but uh, Susanna's going to come up. As you know, we've been praying since, like, I give credit to Susanna for, for kind of, like, bringing structure to this. Um, but we started praying for businesses, and um, we started praying for businesses in, during COVID because we had a, quite a number of people in our community who are entrepreneurs in some sort of way, or they they make their own living. And you know, I think it first hit me when Carlos uh, was. Uh, doing, you know, his business, and he's in an event business, and literally all events were shut down, and so I was like, man, like, how are you gonna, how are you gonna make it, and so we started praying for those who weren't able to pay bills, but also praying for our business leaders that God would just preserve their businesses and preserve their livelihood, and um, those of you don't know, we also, my dad and I are partners in a business, and they were, my parents were gracious to come this morning, um, you know, for us to pray over that, but we we've kind of delayed Susanna for praying, you know, talking about us for a while. But I'll let her talk about what we're, you know, what's been going on, and hand it over to you. Well, you guys come on up. Go. You don't have to leave. We're we're excited to have pastors who are, you know, I know that that's like a you know the tent making skill that they have, and it's been a cool thing to see you guys exemplify that business. So come on up, Gary. Y'all come on up here, and um. I was just thinking about you guys, and I was like, Lord, what do you, what do you see over this? And I just, I kept hearing the word legacy of generosity and of um, really just facilitating kingdom capacity. Those were the words that I really thought of when I thought of your business and what you guys do. And so I do want you guys to share. We probably take it for granted. I know sometimes we can all be in the same family as a church and not even know what people do. So catch us up on what you guys do. And anything, anything important you want us to know about it, and then how we can be praying for you this week. So, and just as a reminder, we've been praying for a bunch of different businesses. Zane and I decided to cho- choose last on getting prayed for because the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So I'm going to get the bigger <laughs> blessing. I guess this means Zane's going to get the ultimate big blessing. Um, but no, we uh, we are a. Um, simple way to put it is we we're doing venture capital so we're investing in 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 businesses and it's been really really incredible um hey benedict you got to come up here i asked benedict so y'all don't y'all don't know this but benedict is actually interning and working with us he's not just and he's his title is intern but he's doing incredible work and um it has been unbelievable the doors that god has opened um in a very short period of time but we, you know, kind of like extension of pastoring, we, we invest in businesses, and our goal is to help them to be who they are. And so that's a little bit about, do you want to say anything else? Well, first of all, thanks, guys, for, for praying. And uh, I guess we're calling you intern because it's your turn to help. <laughs> so... Uh, Anyway, I'm just, I, this is an exciting business because, it, I mean, what I, the more we get into it, the more I, I mean, we're trying to invest in things that are going to really change the world. I mean, in a, I mean, so these are ideas and things that, you know, some of the stuff is global, 
or nationwide, but we're really just trying to invest in things that are going to make a difference in the world. And it's kind of cool. And Jordan's doing 90% of the work, and I get to have all the fun. <laughs> but um, we're, we get to see all these opportunities. And, and Jordan and Benedict have created this, and Jalima, who's our assistant, who's created this incredible marketing thing where we're, we're <laughs> I think we're seeing better opportunities than it's just unimaginable, really. Um, and like stuff that Bill Gates is investing in and this things you wouldn't even think of like that we're getting into. Um, <clears throat> and we're trying to get in earlier and earlier when people are just kind of starting out with ideas. But they're doing, like I said, they're doing all the work. I get to kind of have all the fun. Um, but I think the more we do it, the more we want it to be something that's really going to help people in poverty or change the world or create a better, you know, it's, it kind of is generosity in a way because we're trying to do something that's going to make a difference in a lot of different ways. For the kingdom or, you know, the kingdom is bigger than what I thought of it was when I was younger too. So you can make a difference in a lot of different ways. So that's kind of what our goal is, but it, we want to do things that are transformational. So y'all pray for us. We need a lot of favor. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, we're not geniuses by any stretch of the imagination. We're having to make a lot of decisions about is it going to, you know, be financially successful? Is it going to make a difference in the world? You know, uh, and it's, and, and we are also eventually wanting to get other investors, and so we need favor for that too. So that's what I would say. Do you want to say something? I'd say something that maybe is not that business related, but more Jordan related. Um, I asked for the internship because I was like, I either know left path is church and right path is business. And I originally started studying economic engineering and then was like, oh, no, I want to be a pastor. So I was like, okay, I can only choose one of the e one of the two paths, so I went the ministry route, and I was like, yo, Jordan, how do you do it? Like, you make it sound like such a whole thing, so I asked if I can learn from him, and I think one thing that is really, really just, like, impressive and that I'm learning a lot from is the sermons on Sunday are just a summary of his whole week. They're not any separate thing or, like, nothing that he, like, sits down for 10 hours and has to think about and suck out of his toes. But it's just it's just a reflection of the way that he lives Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I think that's so awesome to see. And I think that's super special. And that's what I'm, I'm learning and I'm really thankful for. You're very honoring, Benedict. Um, we just need prayer for wisdom. That's probably the biggest thing. If anybody wants to come up and, and lay hands, we still are going to do that. Father, we thank you so much for the Sutton firm. We thank you for the legacy that it is this father and son business and these families that represent supporting this business, Lord. And I thank you so much that you have given them um, the drive and the business mind and the experience 
to not just um, have fun or make money, but to really be a solution, even in seeing how they engaged this business in a time where we were going through a pandemic, was just knowing that they still chose to help business owners facilitate the very reason they had started their business and, and honor that in maybe having to exit that business. I love that their heart is not just um, strictly business and just as Benedict uh, honored that the way they facilitate the whole unit of a person's vision and dream, it's not just the business aspect, but the entire heart behind it. Lord, I thank you that you've given them an anointing for that and that you've helped them honor that in the businesses in our community. And I do pray that you would bless them just as Solomon could have asked for so many things. We do ask that you would give them wisdom and you would show them um, exactly how to do the things that you put in their heart to do and to do it at levels that exceed the, the highest paid people in our world. Lord, I praise you that you are going to give them the capacity to facilitate kingdom ideas in business um, and investments. Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you that there's more to come. And we thank you that you're going to continue to, to give them the resources of people, of investors, and of businesses and um, systems that they need in order to do what you've called them to do. And we just speak a blessing over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Susanna. Um, oh, you have some? Okay, I want to say, I want to say something. All right. We're about to dismiss, um, but here, I want to tell you about something that's connected to. Um, it was funny as, and I give I'm giving you some credit for this because you Susanna started praying for our business leaders in our midweek and then invited them to pray. And so this fall, uh, we've been making an assessment, like sort of how can our community contribute to helping others, you know, just step into the fullness of who God has created them to be. Some of that is coming out of poverty. Some of that is just coming into greater alignment with who God has designed them to be. And so in the fall, I've mentioned this, but this was connected to our learnings in our own business. We are going to be, as a church, running what we're calling a business incubator for free for people who want to start businesses. And this is an expression of generosity for us, and it's just like something that our community has. I already have a friend who's never started a business, who's told me she wants to be, wants to be involved in what I've, you know, been kind of, the way I've been explaining it to people is people are going to get the opportunity to have a relational connection with people who've actually done it and have built flourishing businesses. And I think it can radically change people's lives. Like somebody having the, and the, the ownership and the pride of being able to, to make their own, you know, make their own, you know, wages and be able to improve like the life of their family is a, is not an insignificant thing. And so we're bringing people together like and we're asking the business leaders in our community just we're going to be starting this the first week of October to be involved so that you can receive but also so that you can contribute. And so our goal is to have five or ten people who aren't a part of this community to be involved with this process. So if you know people who have started businesses or want to start a business, um, there's more people rethinking this right now than any time in our lifetime after COVID. And so if you know people that could benefit from that, I just want you to let me know. We actually have a, a website, which I'll let Andrea talk about. There's a website where people can go and apply. We're going to take a limited number of applicants so that we can relationally invest in people. And so anyway, I want to make you aware of that. 
more on that coming soon. But just if you have people that fit this, then be thinking about this because I think it'll be really impactful for some. Yes, and that website is up and running and live. You can access it at clearpathdallas.com forward slash business dash incubator. And I don't know that we have that today, but that's, that's it. And if you need more information, just come talk to me and I can get that for you. In addition to Business Incubator, we would still love for you guys to join us every day on Zoom Daily Prayer at 1130, Monday through Friday. We want to see your faces, so hop on. And if you need any of that login information, just let me know and I can get that to you also. And we will close out today with the prayer of St. Francis. So everybody, please pray this with me. In one second. <laughs> there it is. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>